Good morning, everyone. It is the 15th of November. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne. Last week's headlines were dominated by the UN's COP26 climate conference. An agreement was reached with new rules on limiting greenhouse gas emissions, but this was watered down at the last minute by objections from India and China, meaning there was no commitment to end the use of coal or fossil fuel subsidies. And do look out for our panel podcast, where we will be discussing this further and focusing on investment implications from the COP26. But in other news, Alex, latest data on US inflation suggested it might be becoming more and more embedded. Morning, Lorna. That's right. We had an inflation number come out last week of 6.2% year on year, already up from a very significant 5.4% and really continuing the surge that we've seen over last month after a steady decline for the few months previously. This transitory storyline is beginning to break down now somewhat. That is equal to nearly 1% in month on month. Again, the worrying part of that is that it's continued to be fairly broad based. So energy was up, but as it was also in food, used cars, rents. If we look at energy specifically, energy and gasoline are up 30 and 50% respectively on an annual basis within the US. Again, for the concern and comment from Biden and from the Fed, Biden particularly implored Congress again to pass the infrastructure bill, citing that this would help reverse many of those price rising trends. And again, the Fed acknowledged this inflation problem grown and a slight persistence and more structural nature to it again last week when it announced the scaling back of its 120 billion a month asset purchase program. And we saw some big movements in the US Treasury bond markets, as you might expect. We did, and obviously linked to that in some short order, we had a surge particularly in short-yielding assets especially. They are typically more sensitive to changes in monetary policy, and this signals to us that the market has an expectation now somewhere of multiple rate rises over the next year. The two-year move to 0.5% and the 10-year move to 1.5%. Yes, thanks for that. But of course, this is not just a US story, and data from Asia suggests that inflation is also on the rise there. It is. It's everywhere. But if we look at Asia particularly, Japan producer price inflation rose the most in 40 years, although that's not really saying a huge amount, but still it's significant in the grand scheme of things. Mainly that was on surges in fuel and commodity prices, petrol and coal mainly. Despite this, again, as I mentioned, only being a fairly recent trend in Japan, it's slightly concerning, but not surprising. So since the tsunamis in Japan, they've been completely dependent on importing the almost entirety of their energy supplies after they shut down all their nuclear power plants. Also in Japan, corporate good prices, which measures the cost that wholesalers buy materials from producers, was up 8% versus last year, significantly up from expectations, and up 1.2% alone month on month. Also in China, they report their fastest factory gate inflation in nearly 26 years. These are quite dramatic numbers. If we stay with China, though, Xi Jinping, the Chinese Communist Party leader, was honoured last week with an historical resolution. What is the significance of this for President Xi? It's very, very significant. So the Chinese Communist Party passed its first historical resolution in nearly 40 years. And this likely paves the way for Xi to be in office until at least 2028. We get the official confirmation of that late next year. And this puts Xi in the same realm as Deng Xiaoping, who is the kind of master reformer of China and brought them into the open economies and globally over the last 30 years. And Mao, who is essentially on the same level with Xi now. Typically, we know who the new leaders are five years in advance. So in the first part of their second term in office, we haven't got any indication for that. So the full expectation is that Xi continues into his third term and potentially longer as well. 
Yes, that's interesting. Shorter term, though, we move on to the week ahead. And President Biden's this bipartisan infrastructure deal that you mentioned earlier is finally due to be signed into law. What's on your radar then, Alex? So the more significant thing we would expect would be the signed agreement of COP26, which we can begin to pour over and look through and see where there's some failings and some achievement, potential areas for improvement in the next year or so. We've also got a lot of inflation information. So we've got CPI from the UK, where we expect a strong increase to 3.9% from 3.1%. In the EU, remaining fairly steady, but significantly higher at 4.1%. And in Canada, again, a strong increase on a month-on-month basis. We've also got the second print of EU GDP, where the expectation is to be unchanged. And then also in the US, we can see if these price rises have come through and affected any of the retail side of things on the consumers. And we've got the the retail sales numbers, again, expectations of a slight increase. And then in the US also, we have industrial production, which is expected to recover. So some numbers to check there and see whether the inflation number has had an effect. Should be an interesting week. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna.